I want to take a second to say a couple things. Um, number one, if you are a member of the church, this is kind of an announcement more than it's getting into the sermon, but if you're a member of the church and you haven't had the opportunity to vote on board elections, I just this is your last chance after church. They'll be in the north and the south foyer, and you can go out and vote. Um, the other thing is we were supposed to launch our live stream last week, and, and there was a problem with a cable, and our network went down, and so we actually were not able to launch it. So really, we're launching it this week, right? Two launch dates, but I just want to say sorry. <laughs> sorry to any of you that may have been expecting to watch last week, and it, it got delayed. We apologize for that, but we're excited um, to have you all with us. We're excited to have anybody that might be watching us online with us. Um, but, but today we're going to continue into DNA, the building blocks of who we are. And, and really this series is all about our core values. Our board and our staff have worked together um, to determine uh, what, what it is that makes us who we are as a church. And, and so last week we talked about the fact that, that in our church, um, we're a church for the whole family. The whole family matters, every age group. And so a part of that is that, that we take everything that we have, whether we're older and it's our experience and, or, or whether we're younger and it's our energy, we take everything we have and we use it to build the church and to glorify God. And, and so the, this church is a church for the whole family. You've seen that today. We've celebrated with a baby dedication and we're honoring our graduates. And, and so a church for the whole family. This week, we're going to move on into our second one. And just so you know, if, if you weren't with us last week, that is available on our website. So if you want to catch up, if you want to, if you want to catch up, if you want to see what happened last week so you can follow along with us, go on the website and westchesternaz.com and you can find that and, and be with us. Um, but today we're going to talk about transformation. Transformation. And, and so I just want to start by saying this. As a church, we believe that God's desire is that we are to be continually growing and we are to be continually being transformed into the image of God. Okay, so we as a church believe in transformation, that we are to continually grow to be more like Christ. This is not about showing up and checking your church box. This is not about just saying, hey, getting your sticker that like, just like, hey, I voted and I get a sticker, I voted. This isn't about getting your church sticker. What we're here to do is to be transformed into the image of God. And so we believe in transformation it's, it's fitting today that, that we had a baby dedication and that we had graduation Sunday, and I was thinking about that, and, and especially for those, you know, for a lot of us, maybe this was the first time when the graduates got up here that, that you've seen them, and so you don't think of them and the transformation in their lives, but for some of you that are parents, for some of you that are close friends, for some of you that know the graduates well, you remember them in the early days. You remember them when they were younger. You remember them maybe even when they were dedicated. You remember them in, in, in school and in junior high, and you can see the transformation. When, when I graduated um, college from Trevecca, I, I came here, Trevecca Nazarene University in Nashville, I came here, and I was, the young, I was the junior high youth pastor. And so for one year, I was with seventh and eighth graders. Seventh and eighth graders are, are just God's gift to the world, aren't they? I believe it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That was like my favorite year. We had so much fun that year. I loved seventh and eighth grade junior high years. 
But, but one of the cool things is I, I went away to South Carolina for about four years, and then I moved back in 2008, and when I came back, I moved back to be the young adult pastor. And the really cool thing about that is that my seventh and eighth graders were just now coming into the young adult ministry. And so I had this opportunity to see them and minister to them when they were junior hires, and then I had the opportunity to come in again and see them and see their growth and minister to them in that young adult phase. Listen, we go through transformation, don't we? The parents of graduates, all of you that have children, all of you even that can remember back to the, the, the previous years in your life, you've transformed, haven't you? You, you look different, you act different. You think different, you've transformed. Last night, um, one of my young adults, one of my junior hires slash young adults is in town, um, and that's Jordan Heatherly. He lives in Nashville now, but, but man, Jordan Heatherly, like when he was a junior hire, he was still a big kid, but now, I mean, he's a grown man, and he's living in Nashville and working a job, and it's so cool to see the transformation in our young people's lives. We all transform. But we as a church believe that it's not just that we transform, it's not just that we grow older, it's, it's not just that we change in appearance and in the way we think. We believe that we are to be transformed spiritually as well. So just as we grow and mature as we move through school to graduation, God wants each of us to continually grow and mature in our faith. Hear that again. Just as you see the transformation in the young people, just as you've seen transformation in your life, just as you've changed, God wants you to continually grow and be transformed in your relationship with God. You haven't, I don't care how old you are today, you haven't graduated from the plan of transformation, God's transformation in your life. None of us are at the place where we're done growing spiritually. It's God's desire that we continually are transformed into His image every day. And so I hope, I hope that you're there. And today I want to talk about the importance of this transformation that, that God wants us to grow, that God wants us to change the way we think, to change the way we act, to change who we are. God wants us to become more like Jesus every day. We believe in transformation the truth is, graduates, teenagers, those of you that just finished high school, college, you're at this place where, where you've finished this phase of your life, but your life is just getting started. Your life is just getting started. You've got a lot ahead of you. You're not done. How many of you would say, I just stopped growing when I graduated high school? Anyone? None of you. How many of you would say college was that moment where you just stopped maturing? And some, <laughs> some of you, it's true. I mean, Adam, right? No, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Adam. No, we constantly grow and we constantly change. And so I just want to say, um, graduates, you're just getting started. You're just getting started. Some of us wish we could go back and stay in that age, Right? But the truth of the matter is, we are continually growing, continually changing, and I'm thankful that God is a God of transformation. So each of us in this room, we're each at a different place. Some of you, um, some of you are young, some of you are older, even spiritually we're at different places. Some of you, you may not have been in church for very long. Some of you may have grown up in the church and, and been in church your whole life. Some of you are very seasoned 
Christians, we're all in different places. But I believe it's God's will for every single one of us, no matter where you're at in your journey, to continue to be transformed into the image of Christ. Today we're going to be looking into, into 2 Peter. It's a, a letter that's believed to be written obviously by Peter, the disciple of Christ. And Peter's writing this letter to first century Christians in the northern part of Turkey and, and, and Egypt. And one of the main reasons for Peter writing this second letter, the second Peter, is to, to tell the people, the early first century Christians, how important it is that they continue to grow and continue to be transformed. And so we're going to look in 2 Peter chapter 1, and, and we're going to be working through verses 3 to 11. We're going to break it up, but we'll start in verse 3 here. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us, to be his own, who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So we start out right here, and, and Peter says, in his divine power, God has given you everything you need for this transformation. The everything you need. And so I, th I think this is good news. Because I think if every single one of us is honest with ourselves, I think sometimes we, we look at our life, maybe we, we fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others, but all of us come to a place at some point where maybe we feel insignificant inadequate. We look at what God wants. We look at these heroes of the Bible. We look at, I mean, my mother was up here last week, and what an awesome thing. I mean, she is just an example of a godly woman that's walking through difficulty in her life. And some of you out there, I've heard you say it, would say, I couldn't do that. Some of you may look at the spiritual leaders in your life, and you might say, they're great, but I could never be that. I've got good news this morning. Peter's got good news for you this morning. You have everything you need in God's divine, holy power to become who God created you to be. You have everything you need. That's great news. You don't have to climb some huge mountain. You don't have to achieve some great thing. You have everything you need in God's divine power to be who God created you and called you to be. You can be the person, a godly person, because of God's power. I think, I, I talked to somebody yesterday and they said, uh, they, they found out that I was in this position, they're not from our church, and they said, man, you got big shoes to fill. And I'll be honest with you, growing up, um, I just talked about my mom, I'll talk about my dad for a second. Growing up, I always looked at my dad as this hero and, and I'm going to tell you some behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I don't think I ever once heard my dad say something mean about somebody else. And now I'm going to open up the curtain to my life. This is scary. And I'm going to tell you that I always growing up thought, man, I can never be like that. I don't, I, I, whatever that nice gene, whatever it is, you guys probably think I'm a terrible person. I'm not. But like I just always grew up thinking, how does he do that? I could never do that. The truth of the matter is, 
God has given me, God has given you everything you need to be who he's called you to be. That's huge. And God, you have everything you need to be who God wants you to be. And so some of you may be, may be facing some challenges. You may be facing some physical challenges that you think there's just no way, God, that I can be who you're calling me to be with this. Maybe some of you are facing spiritual challenges where you just seem like you're, you're falling into the same things and you think, I'm never going to get where I'm supposed to get. I'm never going to... God has given you everything you need. Those first two words are huge. In God, you have everything you need. Those first two words are huge. In God. This isn't, this isn't Stuart Smalley, your, Smalley, whatever his name is. You're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. This isn't, this isn't me telling you that you can do anything in the world because you're awesome. This is me telling you. No offense. I mean, you guys are awesome, but there are some things that I may never accomplish that I want to accomplish. In God, you have everything you need. The truth of the matter is the only way that you can become who God created you to be is through God's divine power at work in your life. Those first two words are so important. In God, we can't miss this church. We can't work harder. We can't produce holiness in ourselves in order to be who God created you to be. You have to have God's divine power at work in your life, the only way we can be who God's created and called us to be as individuals and as a church is through the divine power of God at work in our life. Verse 4 goes on and says that God's glory, that through God's glory and goodness, He's given us these precious promises. And then I love this part. This is really good. That we might participate in the divine nature, and escape the corruption of the world around us. I'm afraid that, that all too often we as a church sell ourselves short as to what God's calling us to be. This is huge. You have in God everything you need to be who God's calling you to be. And I've got good news. God's calling for you is not just to be a nicer person. God's calling for you is not just to stay away from bad things. God's calling for you is to be a part of his divine nature. To get away from the stuff of this world that's messy and corrupt. And to honor God and to be like Christ. God's calling for us is to be a part of his divine nature, and we can't sell ourselves too short as Christians to what God wants from us. God wants you and God wants me to be a part of his divine nature, to be Christ-like, to have a heart that honors God, to be a part of God's kingdom in the world around us. This is a big calling. We can't miss this just to show up and check a box. We can't miss this just to, just to sing good songs and, and shake each other's hands. God is calling us to be a part of his divine nature. Think about this. This is, this is Simon Peter that's writing this. And if you know anything about the disciple Peter, he was this bold disciple, and he's the one that when they were out on the boat and Jesus walked out on the water to him, what happened? He said, call me out there, Lord. And Jesus said, come on, walk to me. And Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking, but then he, he gets nervous and he sinks. In that moment, Peter is 
a part of the divine nature. He's doing something that we can't do on our own. And so Peter knows this better than anyone because he was the first one to stick his foot in his mouth and he failed time and again. But the truth is that God and Jesus called him into the divine nature of God. And today we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the day that the Spirit was poured out on the church, the day that the, the church really took off because of what? God's divine Spirit and power at work. And so we are called to something huge this morning. We are called to be a part of the divine nature of God. We as a church believe that, that God has called each one of us into his image. And, and so I don't usually do this. this. This is probably the first time I've ever read out of the Nazarene manual. But I'm going to read out of the Nazarene manual for you here. Because we in the Nazarene church believe in something called sanctification. We believe that God's plan is that we would be transformed to be like Christ. And so I want you to see this. This is article 10 of our Articles of Faith. It says, we believe that sanctification is the work of God which transforms believers into the likeness of Christ. It is wrought by God's grace through the Holy Spirit in initial sanctification or regeneration, simultaneous with justification, entire sanctification, and the continued perfecting work of the Holy Spirit culminating in glorification. You can see why I'm not reading, I don't read this out loud very often because it's hard just to read. But this is good stuff. We believe in sanctification. We believe that God calls us past just this initial moment of saying, okay, I'm going to follow you. We believe that once we, we accept a relationship with God and once we enter into that covenant with God, that God continues to transform us through the Holy Spirit to the point that we become perfect in love. And we become a representation of Christ to the world around us. Not just nice people who go to church, but Jesus to the world around us. It goes on and says, we believe that entire sanctification is, is an act of God subsequent to regeneration by which believers are made free from original sin or depravity and brought into a state of entire devotement to God and the holy obedience of love made perfect. This is why we're here, folks. We are here to be transformed, to, our, to have our heart transformed into the image of God, to love God, to be entirely devoted to God, to give Him everything, and to represent Christ to the world around us. This is what we as a church believe that we are called to do, is to be sanctified, to be transformed, to be Christ-like. And so God is calling you to participate in the divine nature, God is calling you to be an image bearer of Christ. This is a huge calling, but there's good news. Because in God, you have everything you need to become who God's called you to be. I don't know about you guys, but, but I get sick. I get sick of the junk of this world. I'm tired of school shootings. I'm tired of people hating each other. You know what we need? We need God's divine power to work through us to bring change. 
And it's, it's not just a huge calling, it's a great calling. You can escape that garbage and you can live in a new way. You can participate in the divine nature of God and have your heart changed to where you can be an influencer on the world around you. This is huge. The text goes on in verse 5. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. So it starts off and it says you have everything you need to be who God's called you to be. And by the way, God's called you to be like Christ, to be a part of his divine nature. For this reason, you have this wonderful calling on your life. For this reason, make every effort to grow in your relationship with God, to become more Christ-like every day. It says to add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and mutual affection, love. Make every effort, because of God's great calling and God's great power at work in your life, make every effort to add these things to your faith. God wants to transform you. God wants you to look like that. And that's a great thing. I don't know about you, but if... It, I'm a preacher, and, and if one of the great preachers, I, I know Billy Graham passed away, but if Billy Graham had come to me and said, hey, I want you to come, and I want you to learn from me, and I want you to grow, I'd be all in. This is the divine God of everything. This is Jesus coming to each one of us and saying, I want you to grow. I want you to follow me. I want you to be transformed. And so our natural reaction is that we need to make every effort to grow. And so verses 3 and 4 tell us about God's invitation and power. Now verses 5 through 7 talk about our response. We have a part in this transformation. It's God's power at work in our lives that transforms us to be like Christ, but we have a part. We have to make every effort to reflect Christ in the world around us. And so it says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Church, the people that, that come into contact with us, the people that walk in these doors, the people that see us out and about, you know what they should think about us? They should think, Man, those people are really good people. Man, there is something different about them. They're good. We should be good. We should be morally good. We should, we should, we should just be examples of, of what people should be. We're called to goodness. It says called to knowledge. Knowing God and knowing God's will. In order to be who God calls us to be, we have to add to ourselves goodness. We have to add to ourselves knowledge. We have to study. We have to know Christ. If we're going to be like Christ, we have to know Christ. And so knowledge. It says self-control. I kind of got checked on this this week as I was working on this sermon. Because I have this ongoing battle. Most of you probably have the same battle of, of my health and my weight. And I keep saying, you know, God, I, I, I just can't give up soft drinks because I really like them. And I know I'd be better off, but I just can't do it. 
And I actually, I was at the dentist this week, and we were talking about me drinking soft drinks, and my dentist is always getting on to me about it. And I said, you know, I just, I've got a lot of stress, and I, I just, I can't give it up right now. If I'm going to be Christ-like, I need to have self-control. And so whether I drink soft drinks or not is not just an issue of my health and my weight. Whether I can control myself and what I eat and what I drink and what I do and the way I treat others, our self-control is about our spiritual walk. We are called to goodness. We are called to knowledge of God. We are called to be able to control ourselves. We are called to perseverance, the ability to endure with patience. You guys have probably had tough weeks before, right? This was one of those for me. But there was this moment this week that I I was reading God's Word. And this is why knowledge of God is so important, because I was reading God's Word. And the more I know God, the more I'm equipped to persevere through the difficult things that I face. Because God's divine power is at work in me. Do you see how this works? God is transforming me so that the things I face are nothing compared to the God that's called me. God is at work. God wants to transform us. Add to perseverance, godliness, wanting to please God with everything we have. This desire to honor God, to be like Christ. It says, adding to that mutual affection. You know what? (laughs) I hope this isn't the first time you've heard this, but we should love each other. We should like each other. Megan always asks that question, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Well, do you like me? Yes, I like you. We should have a mutual affection. We can't honor God and not love each other and like each other because God has called us all to be one, like we talked about last week. And so we need a mutual affection. And then it goes even further and it says we are called to grow in love. That's more than just liking each other. That's caring for each other. That's investing in each other. That's loving each other. That's a deeper level. We as a church are called to represent Christ by loving each other. And that's the kind of love that isn't dependent on what others do for you. That's the kind of love that God gives us that's graceful and loving and encouraging and lifting each other up. And so, so it says, make every effort to add these things to your face. So this is what I want you to do. If, is it all up there? It's all up there. So if you have a phone, take a picture of that screen right there. If you don't have a phone, you've got a little connect card in front of you, take a pen out and write these things down because this is what we are called to make every effort to grow in. We are called to, be, to, to grow in our goodness, in our knowledge, in our self-control, in our perseverance, in our godliness, in our mutual affection, in our love. If you take that picture, if you write that down, I want you to take that with you. And I want you to pray, Lord, transform my life to where I'm growing in all of these things. Because we've been invited into something much bigger than just showing up and singing together. We've been invited to participate in the divine nature of God. And so we have to grow in these areas. How do we do that? We read scripture. We pray. We worship together. We hold each other accountable. We do all these things and we serve together. I want to read more of the article of faith that I was reading earlier. It continues on and it says, We believe that the grace of entire sanctification includes the divine impulse to grow 
in grace as a Christ-like disciple. However, this impulse must be consciously nurtured and careful attention given to the requisites and the process of spiritual development and improvement in Christ-likeness of character and personality. Without such purposeful endeavor, one's witness may be impaired and the grace itself frustrated and ultimately lost. And so what this says is, We've been invited into this high calling. What the Nazarene church is saying is we've been called to this entire sanctification, to total devotion to God, to Christ-likeness. And what does that involve? That involves a, a growth in grace. That, that has to be consciously nurtured. We have to consciously be working to grow in these areas. And so because of God's gift and invitation, we are to make every effort to grow you might ask, why? Why is this important? Well, it goes on in verse 8. And it says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So why is it important that we make every effort to grow in those areas? Because if we, if we don't, if we possess those qualities, we'll be good. If we don't, guess what's going to happen? We're going to become ineffective and we're going to become unproductive in our faith. We're going to miss out on what God really has for us. God has invited you into his divine nature. God is equipping you and we have to make an effort to grow because if we don't, we'll be ineffective and unproductive. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves this morning, we would say there are plenty of followers of Christ and there are plenty of churches that have stopped growing and have become ineffective and unproductive in their faith. God calls us to participate in His divine nature, and in order to do that, we have to grow constantly. I really believe this is a huge problem for us. I believe it's way too easy for us to become comfortable in our faith and stop growing. And I really believe that when we do that, we fall apart. I believe we, we lose our way. I've been a young adult pastor for the last nine years. And one of the biggest questions in the church is this young adult issue of where are the young adults going? And I just want to say some things, and some of the things I'm going to say here might be a little bit tough, so I'm sorry, but I believe this is truth. I believe if we are not faithful to show our passion to our young people, if our young people see a stagnant faith or see us just going through the motions, why would they want what we have? God has called us to continually grow, and I believe the answer to the church's issue of young people walking away is that they see us represent Christ. The main reason I'm here today is not because I like church music. I do. It's not because I just love coming, getting up on Sunday morning and coming to church. I do. It's because my father and my mother loved God with everything they had and were being transformed into God's image and I wouldn't want it any other way. So I'm here. 
I believe we are called to continue to grow. And if we stop growing and if we get complacent, that's when the world around us stops wanting to know Christ. I think this is huge. If our young people see our passion, they will follow it. They will. Another problem that, that people talk about is, is the church in America, and it seems like the church is, is struggling in America. There's other parts of the world that it seems like it's growing, but it seems like the church is struggling. And I'll be honest with you, I think the reason for that is that all too often people see the church fighting for our preferences and not for God's glory. The truth is, when we stop growing, when we take our eyes off Jesus, when we stop participating in the divine nature of God, we become inwardly focused, and we start fighting over the silliest things. That's not God's calling for us. God's calling is that we would participate in the divine nature, and we would reflect His glory. And I believe that when we do that as a church, the world around us will see that and will want that. And God is going to move in huge ways. And so what does it say? It says, make every effort. I read a really cool book. It was talking about, uh, it had this example. It was talking about the ocean and how if you're in the ocean and, and you are chasing after something, you're swimming, and you get tired and you stop swimming, what happens? You get further away. This is a great example for our faith. God calls us to be transformed. God calls us to grow. And if we aren't making every effort, if we aren't swimming after God, if we aren't trying to be transformed with everything we have, and we stop, we don't just stay where we are. We go further back. We lose it. We become selfish. And we miss the divine calling of God on our life. I believe God's calling for us is to swim with everything we have toward God. To understand that God's calling us to something great. And to say, I'm going to do everything I can have. I'm going to make every effort to get closer to God. And I believe that when we do that, great things will happen. Verse 10 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the goal, isn't it? We want to be a part of God's kingdom. And so God has called us into this, this divine nature, into this relationship where God is going to transform us, and we have to make every effort to grow towards that, and if we will do that... We'll be a part of God's kingdom at work in the world around us. And I just want to say, young people, older people, there's nothing that you can get in this world that's as good as what God has for you. God's kingdom is all you need. You may think you want other things, but God's kingdom is the greatest thing you can have. And so God's calling for us today as a church is not to say, hey, we're pretty good. We're going to stay right here. God's calling for us as a church. God's calling for us as individuals. God's calling for you. God's calling for me is that we would grow every day through the divine power of God, through his power at work in our life, that we would grow closer to God and more like Christ every day. And so as we close out the service, the band's going to come up, and I want to invite you to be transformed by God. 
There may be some of you this morning that would say, I don't really even know what this whole thing's about, but, but the God thing sounds pretty good. Some of you may not have even entered into a relationship with God. This morning, I want you to understand that God's calling you out of the mess of the world around us, and God is calling you to His kingdom. If that's you this morning, God is calling you to be transformed. I believe there's a lot of us here that maybe have been walking with Christ. Maybe we've been in the church for a while, but, but maybe, maybe we've become a little bit complacent. Maybe we've gotten to the point that we're not swimming as hard as we can towards God. Maybe we've gotten to a place that we're, we're just resting and we've stopped being transformed into the image of God more every day. God's calling us to be transformed. And so as we close this service, we're going to sing a song called Come to the Altar. And I want to invite you to be a part of God's divine work and God's divine nature at work in the world around us. I want to I challenge you. I want to invite you to transformation. There is nothing I want more as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a pastor than to be more like Jesus. And so I want to pray. And I want to invite all of you to commit yourself. If you want to come to an altar, come to an altar. But I invite you to say, God, I give you everything I have and I don't want to stay where I want. I don't want to graduate. I don't want to, I don't want to be right where I am forever. I don't want to fall away. I want to grow closer to you today and tomorrow and the day after. And I want to represent you to the world around us. So if you want to join me and you want to pray, come to the altar.